0: Guys, I'm just going to interrupt for a second with some good news. We're all still here. It's midnight. Oh, it's true. On the East Uh, Coast. My clock still says 8.59. There's a giant robot fighting a
1: giant monster outside my window, but I'm sure that's that's Philadelphia Philadelphia on Thursday night. right? It's true. (laughs) It
2: happens. Oh, it is Thursday. That's right. It's robot (laughs) battle time. (laughs) That's
1: right. Robot Thursdays. Hello.
3: (laughs) The
4: Inconquerable. Number 120. December 2012.
2: Welcome back to the Incomparable Podcast. I'm your host Jason Snell. I realized as I was um, watching TV and seeing things posted on the internet, and when I went to see a movie a couple of weeks ago, that there's a, a ridiculous number of blockbuster uh, sci-fi movies coming out this summer. Ridiculous. And I thought, I thought it, it's insane. It's, and I, I actually imagined them as one big kind of like super movie where they were all just sort of smushed together. Um, so what, what I asked my panel to do is uh, join me in watching the, uh, the trailers for these movies and talk a little bit about what we anticipate and what we thought of the trailers and, and just what we're thinking for, uh, for, for stuff we're going to see next year. So it's like a look ahead, maybe even some predictions, a crystal ball, or, or maybe not. Joining me in this exercise of lo- uh, looking forward and looking back are my fine, fine panelists. I could not have assembled a better group to stand here at the end of the world and sum up what we did as a species. And it starts with Steve Lutz. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jason. Happy final night. Happy end of the world to you, too. <laughs> I feel fine. So far, anyway. But it's too early to tell. Can't be sure. Dan Morin's also here. Hi, Dan.
0: Final night. Sorry. hard. <laughs> I thought, there was a, I thought that was a song. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna go out with parody song lyrics, Dan? That's how, like I came in. I went out like that once. It was fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: John Syracusa also joins us. Hi John. I'm the ghost of science fiction movie Disappointment Future. Today. Oh good. <laughs> Excellent. That's a great costume, by the way. Pre
0: disappointed. Oh, really tough to pull off, you know. It's all about the accessories. You should you should have poked some holes for eyes there, though.
2: Yeah, Episode seven is not going to be that good, <laughs> but you'll like it okay compared to the prequels. Ooh. That's a wordy ghost. He's got lots of information to impart. If you're coming from the future, you don't want to be cryptic. Come on. And, uh, and I, I neglected to mention the most important person here tonight, which is Scott McNulty, because he knows the future. He comes from the future. We do, what, we do what he tells us to do, because he knows everything. Hi, Scott. I have seen the future, <laughs> and it is bad. Oh, no. That's disappointing. Our topic today is the future. We'll be reviewing the future. It's I don't just, like it. It's a letdown. I'm afraid of it. <laughs> not, a, not as good as we had hoped.
0: <laughs> not as good as the book.
1: No. No flying cars. Where are the flying
0: cars? Where I the was heck? promised flying cars. Yeah, I won't. My flying cars. Yeah, I don't need a jetpack. That seems dangerous. Flying cars, that that would be better. I want a
3: jetpack. I just don't want anybody else to have a jetpack. I also want a flying car, but don't want anyone else to have a flying car. I just want the tiny little handheld device that allows me to video communicate with anybody at any time anywhere around the world. Wouldn't that be cool? That's what I'm waiting Someday.
0: for. Yeah. Someday.
3: Video calls,
2: maybe. Yeah. It's Impractical. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Let me uh, recap the, the movie trailers that, that we assigned to you. Um, Pacific Rim, which is uh Guillermo, what is it, uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del, del Toro? It's uh, a
3: dangerous Google search, by the way. <laughs> Guillermo yeah, del bet. Toro. I found a completely I, different couple. You got you gotta
2: search it on on IMDb and don't go beyond that. Oblivion, which is a Tom Cruise vehicle. <laughs> I, re- I really heard that as a oblivion. Oblivion, yes. <laughs> yeah, the I just one. some some might say the oblivion. After Earth, which is not to be confused
0: with Titan A.E. <laughs> no one made that confusion A.E. stands for After Earth. I, I saw that movie in the theater, Jason. I know what it stands I for. I did too, wow. dude. I
2: saw it in the movie theater as well. Terrible, terrible It was not, that, not Joss Whedon's finest hour, for sure. It has a couple
0: good lines in it, but it is not a good movie. Uh, After Earth, by the way, if you're
2: wondering, um, uh, directed, directed by M. Night Shyamalan no the trailer makes no mention of this no uh but we'll get to that man of steel they're all dead that's a superman movie it's like the sequel to superman for the quest for peace i believe or maybe not uh and the lone ranger was a late a late ad and I just watched that trailer last night. And then John suggested we uh we have some bonus credit by talking about a, a very strange thing called upstream color, which we'll get to.
4: Did you forget one there? What oh, Star oh
2: Star Trek Into Darkness, yes. Well it goes without saying John. And so okay. I didn't actually even open a tab because I, I don't even need to look up who's in that. I actually Star know Trek that. Star Trek is understood. Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah it goes without saying that's why Scott is here. That's right. Is to talk about Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, where should we start? Should we start with Star Trek, then, since I forgot it?
3: Yes. All right. It all begins with Star Trek.
2: It does. It begins and ends uh, Babylon 5 Star Trek, especially. It's Star it's Trek finest, Babylon 5. It's the finest of those. My favorite. <laughs> I wish they'd make that into a, a movie. So, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, which is uh, what uh, sequel to the Star Trek movie from I think 4 years ago it's been a little while now and it's sa- the same uh, group it's JJ Abrams and his rebooted Star Trek cast and of course we get to see in this uh in this trailer uh Benedict Cumberbatch I like to say his name, who is uh, Sherlock from BBC Sherlock, and he has an accent, as you know you would expect from an English actor,
0: and and yet it seems so sinister now all of a sudden. Wow, his, you're, you're really picking up on the he details. He has a sinister accent. You dissect it frame it, by frame. And
2: by sinister, I mean he is English, and it makes when me I, think he might be a villain. I is he narrating him. in the very beginning
4: of the trailer? Is that his Not voice? Not the new no. one. In the no. in the, the new full one's Bruce Greenwood. in the full
2: trailer it starts with Bruce Greenwood's Chris Pike basically saying to Kirk, "You you you're overconfident <laughs> and you're going to get your crew killed." And then there's lots of shots of of torment and horror. On, All right.
4: And, and who starts the narration in the second one?
0: No, that is the second one.
4: All right. So, who starts they're... the narration in the first one? Oh, it's Batman just in the
0: Benedict one. Cumberbatch. Yeah. In the All right. F- so, in
4: both trailers, but especially in the first one, I think I swore that it was you know Jean Luc Picard, his voice. So listen to it again and see if you don't see Picard's pointy bald head in in your mind. I mean, eventually it stops sounding like him. I'm like. Wait, I that's always see that at
3: least every nine minutes. Incidentally, <laughs>
0: don't confuse Bruce Greenwood's Chris Pike with Chris Pine's James Kirk, because that could get confusing. Okay, I won't.
4: Yeah, no, oh, I can, it it, I mean, later bummed. on it doesn't sound like Picard anymore, but in the beginning it totally sounds like Picard, and it was throwing uh, me off.
2: I don't think it does. Just,
4: yeah, I think you're... A you're line right. must be drawn here! Not that part. <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway. I, I like this trailer, because when I think Star Trek, I think CGI and lots of brooding. And red plants. Lots of red, red, red plants.
1: And running. <laughs> I have a couple of issues with uh, Star Trek <laughs> Into Darkness, I must admit. Lay it on us, Scott. It starts off with the, the missing colon. In the title, it annoys me that it is Star (laughs) Trek Into Darkness. (laughs)
0: Deliberately avoided colon. I know, but I I find it incredibly annoying. It's not not really missing.
3: It's been been removed mysteriously. There's no need for a colon. This is a Star Trek Into Darkness. They're
4: trekking into darkness, Scott. The
3: trekking into darkness,
0: yes. I don't like it. The whole story is about how Benedict Cumberbatch steals punctuation.
3: Although (laughs) a Star Trek would suggest trekking into light. Generally, but there's oh. a lot of darkness in between the stars, unless it's a dark star. Unless it's a
0: dark star, it's a dark star. That's you've cracked it. No, it's star. Tracking the darkness. There's a lot of darkness in space between the stars. A dude.
2: thousand Star Trek fan websites have not figured it out, and in one stroke, we've got it. It's a dark star.
4: That's right.
2: Wow, TrekMovie.com. Benedict Check it out. Cumberbatch is playing a dark star. <laughs>
4: I feel like the movie title could use parentheses to, to uh, better, <laughs> indicate, better indicate precedence because we don't know if it's Star Trek Into Darkness or Star Trek Into Darkness. Well, it should you know. at least have
1: a comma somewhere as well if it's, you know.
2: Star, Star Trek, Trek. Into, into Darkness. How about an Bang? Oh, that would be good. Star Trek Into Old Darkness. <laughs> 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 yes. Wow.
1: I still stand by my, my assertion. It requires a colon, and it makes me angry that it's not there.
2: So, Scott, do you have do you have non punctuation related complaints <laughs> about the trailer? Uh, I take punctuation <laughs> no. very
1: seriously. I, uh,
2: when I was in college,
1: I was a, a TA for a creative writing class, and I spent like two hours talking to these writers about how uh, punctuation was important. And uh, I think they wanted to kill me at the end of it. But anyway, I also I don't like the fact that uh, the Enterprise apparently uh, is a submarine now.
0: Yes, it is. It uh, was. It's in water. I don't think that was on purpose. It's based on uh, James Bond's car.
3: Well, <laughs> wasn't it basically submarine battle that was going on in the in the middle of Wrath of Khan? When yes, it so was. Sure. It was.
1: It was. They weren't actually in water. But in, in the trailer, the Enterprise
2: is
3: like down in the water at one oh, point, and it comes out. Yeah. It's that's. Uh, I couldn't I could I like really it. keep track of what was happening in the trailer. It was too jump cutty. And yeah,
4: why are they always jumping off of tall things? I mean, they they did the sort of uh, outer atmosphere insertion because the transporters were conveniently offline in the in the first reboot movie. Right. And now they're jumping on anything high they see. Let's go jump off of that.
3: Butch and Sundance thing going on in the future. That's how you get places. It's fun. Yeah, you jump. Yeah, they just jump.
2: It's like did, did you not see the guy jump Into from the balloon darkness. like 2 months ago? It's already started. There are yeah, guys so. at high up in a little suit jumping off and landing on the earth. It it just, is just waiting. The 2013 is the year of the guy in the suit jumping off of a platform and landing on the ground. Everybody's going to be doing it. I mean, no one's going to be doing it cuz the world will have ended, but
4: if we survive
2: it will be because of the men in the suits jumping from high altitudes. So, I'm not such faith. a
4: big Star Trek fan, and I haven't been what? keeping up with all the Star Trek fan boards, but is, are everyone, is everyone going crazy over the apparent homage to uh, yes. Spock dying yes. behind the glass yes. thing?
0: Yes, yes. Everyone, was, everyone who was mm-hmm. not already crazy is now going insane. <laughs> <Yes>, now
3: gone <laughs> <Yes>. insane. <laughs> well, See, here's yeah. the problem with that, is that Wrath of Khan had three seasons of TV episodes and years of nostalgia built up in the interim for for that to actually have some emotional heft and this has one dumb abrams movie yeah.
4: no. No, it has, Steve, all, Steve, of it has all of those same television yeah. episodes plus the original time that they did it in the other movie. And now you know. Yeah. I mean, I assume it's a I, mystery. I Twice think it's a
2: fake, I think it's a fake out. I think yeah, it's a, a, a mystery. Anything, anything from uh, from J. J. Abrams is that that you know they would they they made sure of exactly what they disclosed in all of these trailers, and they knew that they would be they would be shot by shot analysis. And I'm sure that that shot is an homage to Star Trek Two with the two hands. What we're talking about is it's a like a. Hand with a blue shirt <laughs> on one side of a, a a pane of glass, and a hand with a black shirt on the other side, and the hands sort of try to touch
0: each other, just like when Spock is dying in Star right. Trek and Two. The one is he does the Ood Vulcan Prosper. Yeah, but He's, I don't yeah.
2: think I think it's a fake out. I think that's not what we're seeing, yeah, guys.
0: I'm, I'm not even sure this is actually a Star Trek movie. I mean, <laughs> and there's no
2: way that they're killing one of the main. I wouldn't surprise me if like Chekhov dies or
0: something. But what I don't this is
3: actually the second Into Darkness film. Star Trek is. Uh, is. It's sort of the subtitle yeah, right. before. Okay, well,
0: the the, as long as we're talking shot by shot breakdowns, did anybody <laughs> notice that Chekhov is wearing the wrong color shirt? Well, Sorry, maybe reds in his, Maybe
2: reds his color, but that's why I said, check said check off Chekhov might die. Yeah, because he's, he's wearing and, a red shirt. <laughs> It's a bad sign.
0: He's Russian. It's a he's not Soviet. <laughs> <laughs> or and the is other, he? I, the <laughs> other
4: frenzy thing I'm assuming is trying to guess who Cumberbatch is. And yes. He, oh, about there. yes. Oh, he's he's Khan. And no, oh, he's not Khan. Or he's just. I mean, I assume. I, again, I assume that's a, re- a misdirect
0: too. Because
4: he's not going to be con.
0: Well, they, they give him a name. John Harrison. John Harrison, who is the name of a re- recurring redshirt, which does not seem like it should be an actual thing.
2: No, I, I think there's a maybe a little bit of a fake out there. I, I wouldn't be surprised oh, if there's a, a, very, a very clever like continuity twist here, but it's probably not what what, what fans <laughs> expect, right? And, oh, man,
0: this would be great if he was the redshirt who got off every single episode and now he's back to have vengeance on Kirk because he's like, yeah. why do you
3: keep letting me die? Yeah. What a strange world we live in now where the movie trailer deliberately lies about the film.
0: Well, I mean, it's a strange (laughs) world when we spend this much time dissecting or at least
2: misleads. Steve, Steve. Yes. uh, Yes. I don't movie trailers have always misled the audience and I remember there are lots of movie trailers that show scenes that end up not in the movie <laughs> there I mean and they and they do mislead right the difference the difference is that the now trailers for some of the stuff like Star Trek they know what scrutiny fans are going to give it and now they can talk to each other on the internet about it and so they're they're like trying to control the disclosure a little bit more but I think it's more about
4: not releasing secrets than it is about uh, lying about what the movie's about.
0: I kind of enjoy it, though. It makes it into a game.
4: Yeah, I, I prefer that to the other other one where the non-nerd movies give away every single oh, plot yeah. point. Like, if it's, like, random action movie with guys with guns, they just give away everything in the whole movie. Comedy, every funny line's going to be in the trailer. Like, you know, where at least in sci-fi movies, they're, they're holding stuff back. Well, uh, I can tell from this that, I mean, Star Trek, uh, the opening to the
2: Into Darkness trailer... Um, you hear Bruce Greenwood say you're going to get your crew killed and you see Kirk, you know, running through the jungle with McCoy and they jump off the cliff and the Enterprise is underwater and there's the, coffins agents. and flags. Right, well, so the coffins, if you look... if. If you were the kind of person who would pause the QuickTime movie <laughs> and carefully analyze it scene by scene, none of us would do that. You might notice that the coffins are like cryo chambers. They're like there's ice in the in the window. Besides which, who would build a window in a coffin so you could look <laughs> out while we bury you, right? But so you, you can see. So
4: you can show who's in it before right. you shoot it out of your spaceship into so, space. You well, can that's see true.
1: the face of God when you go into the middle of the galaxy.
2: So, so it's you know, but but in the if you're not the kind of person who freezes frames. It it just it's suggesting because there's a missing man formation kind of fly over and there's a folding of a flag and then they show those tubes and it's like you got lots of people killed and you know I'm pretty sure that's not what that shot actually is used as in the movie but it serves a different purpose in the trailer to make the story arc here really like Kirk you're overconfident you're going to be in trouble and then the other part is Benedict Cumberbatch saying I will have my vengeance <laughs> and that's your conflict.
0: Was, was that Patrick
1: Stewart I just heard <laughs> I'm
4: telling you listen <laughs> a line must be drawn here like <laughs> I give extra credit to the blonde screaming girl who's on camera okay oh, yeah. and you get to see her inhale look directly into the camera now do your big scream that you're like you're horrified it's like the most sort of over exaggerated theatrical <laughs> parody of a woman looking into a camera and screaming uh, was... but it's so good I think it wraps around to the other side and it becomes like. <laughs> So bad it's good. It's a
0: very Linda, it's very uh it's a very JJ J. Abrams type shot. Somebody's got an animated gif out there of that, by the
2: way. That's just you can just watch her scream over and over again. <laughs> Poor
0: Alice Eve. And yes.
2: Unless
4: you think the lens flares were going away, they're still there. Don't yes. worry. And the and the and rumor she, is, she is that she's playing Dr. Uh, Carol, Carol
2: Marcus. Marcus, who is uh, of course the mother of Kirk's child in Star Trek mm-hmm. Two. But maybe not in a, this universe. Maybe not. No. It's a who divergent knows? timeline as oh, as uh boy. as we learned. Um, I'm excited about this because I really did like the the, the first J.J. J. Abrams Star Trek movie, and I like the cast. and Benedict Cumberbatch is great, and again, Benedict Cumberbatch. So I just have to say,
3: Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch. Yeah,
2: there is lens flare in this trailer, though, so we
4: know we know that that is going to going to stay there. So, are you worried, Jason, that too much of this movie will take place not in space? I never felt I, I've seen. See, are you sure you haven't been on the on the uh, fan sites for Star
2: Trek? Because this is one of those complaints that I saw in the message thread at at uh, trekmovie.com where they did this scene by scene analysis of the JFK style back and to the left back <laughs> and to the left of the uh, of the trailer the crim- criminology of the Star Trek trailer um, there were people who were like ah well, I'm tired Doctor Who fans do this too I
4: don't I want to see space I don't want to see planets I want to see outer space so I kind of well, you, you want to see the Enterprise I, in yeah. space fighting space battles but it's in water it's, instead you don't right? want
2: to see the Enterprise in water the Enterprise is in space in this trailer and does and, and is yes. that's Getting
4: blasted. I mean, you, can, you can't you know, tell what the ratios are going to be from the trailer, no but I like. I can take some amount of them running around on alien planets and jumping off buildings, but I want it I would rather have more of it be about flying around in yeah. space. They're supposed to, it's supposed to be a spaceship show.
3: Well, but the vast majority of the original series, they're on just That's because they're that
4: model was very fragile, right. and they, they, they the strings that held it, it would break. break.
0: It.
3: I think Abrams is smart enough
0: to know that the Enterprise, in and of itself, is kind of a character. So you know, in the way that something like the Millennium Falcon is. So, I, I mean, I think that the the illuminating shot as far as that goes in the trailer is the zoom in over the bridge with, like, the empty seats and everything like that. Right. I, I don't think – I'm not too worried about it.
2: So, I, I actually, you know, in the, the IMAX version of The Hobbit, apparently has a nine-minute uh, opening scene of Star Trek to Into Darkness in it. And in that scene, you know, when they're running through the red stuff on that planet and jumping off the cliff, I mean, that's basically how the movie – opens yeah that and the, looks like the,
4: a james bond opening
2: yeah it? but the idea is right it's like it's like the star trek tv series when we rejoin these people who we last saw in that first movie they're on a mission it's a star trek episode right they're in the middle of a dangerous mission on a planet and so you get some of that kind of feel of like this is what they do they're doing their their adventures that they have and then the plot kicks into gear um at, at some point and then it, it's the, it's you know. the
0: cold open
4: yeah, exactly. Exactly. My main worry for this, and it's going to come up in the other trailers as well, is that a lot of these franchises, I feel like, recently have lost their way when it comes to the antagonist. Like, oh, yeah. whatever the threat—like, they're good at, at establishing the characters and having interesting stuff for them to do, but then at some point there's some sort of existential threat to the Earth, to the crew, to whatever. You know, the the main bad guy thing, and they're stuck in a rut of, like, the single man seeking revenge— uh, or just, like, something dumb that doesn't fit with the series, like he wants to, you know, get all the gold in the world, I'm like, wait, isn't it yeah. Star Trek? You know, it, that's where these movies fall down. They get everything else so right, and they just can't... It's, I guess it's difficult to come up with, like, what's going to happen to the Star Trek guy's nest? They have to save the universe again. I mean, in, in some respects, the television series had it easier because, like... You know, if you were out of ideas, you could throw in a couple of Q episodes or something like on Next Generation and, and give yourself some breathing room. But the movie, they get one shot. What is the bad guy in the movie? What is the threat? Right. And it better not be dumb or we get sad. Like, if I like the the first reboot Star Trek movie, but the bad guy was like... He was meh. the worst. He was,
2: he was, he was the worst because he was... I made this comment when the, when the first teaser came out, which is, uh, I'm not sure every Star Trek movie plot has to be one man seeking vengeance, which is at least what's implied here. And there was a... Uh, You know, in in the Cumberbatch voiceover and also in the little synopsis that they that the studio released, it's sort of like he's, you know, he's seeking he's seeking his vengeance. And and really, you know, it's like how many of these single guy who is very angry because Nero in the original uh, uh, J.J. Abrams Star Trek was, uh, you know, he was very angry and there was a really boring reason why he was angry but it it he was not that interesting and i
4: got blown up. so dull yeah and and these and these lone guys always have the ability to orchestrate the entire universe oh, yeah. around like they you've got you know starfleet the entire starfleet and the crew the best crew of the best ship and then this one guy is going to be like no you don't understand i I've, I've planned this out all ahead of time and i've made it such that my one person and my two years of planning is now going to thwart your entire you know uh starfleet uh, army of ships or whatever like some they got you know somehow nero this right. one guy why don't they just send out a million ships and blow him up no actually he blows all of you up because he's slightly from the future and his weapons are a little <laughs> yes. bit better and that, that yeah. tips the balance like it's so you ha- how can you make him scary like that's why like, the wrath of khan worked kind of just because it was more of a personal vendetta thing and you know he doesn't care about it. he's not trying to take over the universe he just wants revenge on 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 kirk right and so at least the, the stakes are smaller here but i get the feeling this guy is like i want to blow up the world and you can't stop me or something i don't know um that's that's the thing that worries me the most about this movie as much as i love uh smog and sherlock
0: well i mean i i don't know i think i think i mean there is i think obviously there's the vengeance aspect of it it does seem to me like they are trying to make it a little more personal based on based on the little i've read from the synopses and stuff like that which which makes sense because i think if you follow sort of what jj J. abrams did with the first star trek movie it was very much a more personal show in or, or a more personal story in the way that a lot of the classic episodes are much more Cerebral and sort of like science, you know, science fiction from that age where it's like, here's an interesting, like moral societal question that we're going to delve into. Um, but I think, you know, J.J. Abrams is clearly I think he was influenced a lot by things like Star Wars, which are, you know, have a more personal arc to a lot of their stories. I think and, you know, the Star Trek movies, I think, go more in that direction as well. They tend to be much more about the characters and about personal stories for those characters. Or, or about space probes showing up and really being like, "What up, Earth? We're gonna screw you up." <laughs> yeah. Huh.
4: What? What about? Uh, what has Chris Pine's Kirk done to to justify vengeance for this? I mean, uh, Spock. Fine, Spock was you know had a whole seven, right. eight movies, whatever of stuff, and then you go back in time with the young one. But who who is so mad at Kirk already? That
0: he's gonna like blow up Dude, the entire universe to get offended by like, cheating on that test and everything. Yeah. One of the
2: one of the suggestions, right, and at least the trailer is suggesting that he he gets, you know, he gets people killed, and that might be a motivation for it. But it may be that he's not out for vengeance against Kirk. He's out for vengeance against the Federation or something like that that's a little less personal to, to Kirk, and Kirk just ends up having to be the you know, they're the only ship in the quadrant or whatever, because it's always only them who can stop it's funny how
4: that is it makes the borg's motivation you know sound like high-minded and, and crystal clear it's like well they're the borg they do what the borg do and but you know they you don't have to take
2: everything over
4: right like it's in their nature but the people right. it's like you know you kill my father prepare to die he's got to have some kind of personal motivation it's making them uh chase after this uh, young starfy crew i don't know
2: uhura uh, pissed them <laughs> off in a Transmission she missed, once
3: she mistranslated something. She closed the hailing frequencies, <laughs> and they're, they're really burned now. I have not seen either. I have not seen the uh, first Star Trek film. How many times does Chris Pine lose his shirt? You know he doesn't uh, lose his oh. shirt. Wow, this is an alternate universe.
2: But yes, it is. Well, they changed the timeline, and now he keeps his shirt on a little bit more. Although he does do some some yes. fist fighting that are uh, that's uh, you know
3: slightly ask. Are goatees still the sign of ultimate evil? In this new universe, to be—I de- think that's a spoiler. I think that's to be determined. Yeah, we, oh. we're not sure yet. We don't know.
4: You should watch the uh, the reboot of Star Trek. It's uh, it's fun.
3: It's fun. That's—I think that's yeah it's, yeah, it's a good movie. It's fun. You know what? That's exactly the thing that they said in the trailers for Star Trek the movie, <laughs> and that was not fun. <laughs> was not fun. And that <laughs> one had a colon
4: note note Scott. Literally, a there's a the the kid one. that says yeah.
3: it's fun. And that's all he has to say about the film.
4: <laughs> and as he stares off into the middle distance, yeah, it was exactly good. right.
2: That's fine, fun, yeah, whatever. Can I go home? Can you give me my ten bucks now? It's fun.
3: There were lights and yeah. stuff. No, it's, it's good.
2: It's 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 they did a good job. It, it, it um, was really nice to see because uh, I want to do an, a whole episode about that. Maybe as we get closer to the uh, colon being. Inserted into, into darkness so that we Whoa. Can, Yeah, Watch I know. <laughs> colon insertion. So one of the one of the nice things about the the J.J. J. Abrams reboot is that you know we hadn't seen these characters in their prime since you know,
3: since before Ever. we were all born, right? It was right. since the sixties. Since
1: before America
3: was in its prime. They were already pretty doughy and paunchy by the time we encountered them in T O S.
2: Yeah, and and then the movie series was all about them getting old. I mean it was really like those were the themes was them getting old. So to see um, and, uh, you know, in in uh, recent Incomparable, I complained about how superhero movies are always about origin stories. Um, what was fun about Star Trek is that it was an origin story we actually hadn't seen before. We You know, we'd never seen the young crew of the Enterprise meeting for the first time. And uh, it kind of really, I mean, w- it worked for me. It really reinvigorated it. Even though, yeah, Eric Banna is kind of boring as the villain whose motivation is... Uh, at at the same time, obscure and also kind of ridiculously simple. You blew up my planet. Now I will kill everybody. Okay. Grr. whatever. I have a ship. I have a mining ship that also has lots of weapons. Because in the future, mining is really dangerous. And you need super <laughs> weapons in That's order true. to mine things.
4: You want to get things out of the ground, Jason. It's best to do so from space. Well,
3: if the miners from the Alien films had had super weapons, things would have gone differently. Yeah. So maybe there's something to that.
0: Yeah. Nero Mining Company are we sure this movie isn't actually an alien prequel
3: (laughs) (laughs) it could hardly be worse than the other alien prequel
0: Damon Lindelof
2: did uh, write the screenplay with uh, the guys who did it last time so he you know the man responsible for Prometheus
3: is partially doing his best to ruin every cherished franchise
2: it's possible get him on get him on the Star Wars Uh, any other thoughts about Star Trek before we move on
0: looking forward to it yeah me
2: too,
1: me too. I'll see it.
2: Okay, <laughs> under protest. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. very well. If if I must,
3: I'm contractually obligated to see. Well all done, Star, Star Trek Eric Into Darkness. You've yeah. scored one reluctant viewer.
2: Scott's That's gonna right. run up to the front of the uh, of the screen and 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 pencil in some colons when the title comes on. That's right, oh, sir. Please sit down. <laughs> yeah, don't write on the screen. Uh, let's talk about Man of Steel. Uh, the 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 Superman reboot because the last Superman movie, Superman Returns, was essentially a sequel to Superman Two, um, and it didn't do well enough for them to continue down that path. So they've got um, they've got Zack Snyder, director of Watchmen, a, the much beloved Watchmen. Nobody <laughs> didn't like <laughs> that make, movie. Don't mention that. I liked and it. uh and actually,
0: uh yes, that's true. It was just let's say it's controversial, not not widely loved. We might all agree on one thing, which is it. It was a uh, it was a great looking movie.
2: Yes, it was, and he makes great yeah. trail movies that look great as trailers. We also they know should that. do
4: Zack Snyder, director of the opening five minutes of watch oh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <go>. <laughs> and and produced by Christopher Nolan, and, and uh, screenplay uh, David Goyer has a screenplay credit. So there's some interesting people involved with this movie, uh, and it it is a. Speaking of superheroes with origin stories, there are big parts of this trailer that are, um, you know, young Clark lifts a, a bus out of the river, and his dad Kevin Costner tells <clears throat> him that if he builds it, no, that's not what he tells him. He tells tells him maybe he shouldn't have saved those kids and he should stay hidden. Um, yeah. But he goes to you know and uh, you know he goes to the the Arctic and
3: he puts on a big red yep. cape as, as you do. Again with the brooding I mean we had Batman begins and here we have Superman mopes well, I've heard Jason's complaint about uh,
4: the origin story thing and I I mean maybe it's because I don't read any comics and don't know anything about this but that is the maybe the only thing that's interesting to Superman to me about Superman is, not so much the origin stories of how has he become Superman, but the origin of how does he decide uh, growing up as a kid with superpowers to what he's going to do with his life. Because once he makes that decision, then you're back into the point where you have to say, all right, what can we do? We have to involve Kry- uh, Kryptonite. I guess we have to throw Lex Luthor at him. or like You have to throw something at Superman as the antagonist. And it's, it's You can't do that for—I don't even oh, think you can make one
0: good movie out of that. John, you would really love the 10 seasons of Smallville then. Those are just made for you. Yeah.
4: Well, because I don't, I don't like that. I don't like saying, okay, we've got Superman and he's he's way overpowered, and we have to put something in there to, for there to be peril. So, like, we can have his romantic relationship be in peril. We can have the Earth be in peril. I'd much rather see him figuring out, like, and you can only do this once. So, I hope this is a good movie. I'd much, much rather see him growing up and figuring out. Uh, I have these superpowers. What does that mean for me as a person? What do, what do I do with my life? Do I hide them? Do I use them for good? Do I keep out of it? Do I, people hate me? Do people like me? Because the emotional stakes of like. His ego as, a, you know, uh, not wanting to feel alien and not wanting people to dislike him, but also thinking he has a responsibility to help people and all the events along the way where he makes good or bad decisions about using his powers and not using them. That's like the only thing that's interesting about Superman for me. So I I want to see this movie. I love this trailer. I think, like I guess, on Twitter, I think this trailer is way better than this movie's going to be, which is making me sad. <laughs> but I really love this trailer. It hit all the right notes for me. It just, you know, it looks fantastic. All the things I said in this trailer are the things I like about Superman, so... Uh, obviously well, you feel different maybe having read like origin stories a hundred times and maybe, maybe you're recognizing the exact events. These are pulled from the comic books and it's killing it for you, well, but it's not no, killing it for me.
2: Superman's origin is more interesting than most of the heroes origins. And I have to say, as somebody who's not a huge Superman fan, I think his origin is, is in many ways more interesting than once he's just all powerful. Right. And that's why Smallville mined a lot out of him learning to deal with his powers. Cause those are interesting Superman stories and, and, uh, and, you know, it's a lot less interesting to tell the Batman origin again, which is that his parents died, and then he was really mad for a while, and then
4: he made some props and stuff. But Batman and, Begins is still the best movie, because it got it to is. tell his, like, how does he decide what to do with this anger?
3: Kind of what this is about, isn't it? His parents, Superman's parents, die in a yeah. planetary explosion. Yes, it's true. And, and here he seems mm-hmm. kind of mad. He seems more like Emo-L uh, than... <laughs> He's emo
4: about about what he's he's emo about being the weird kid on the he new. He grows planet, a beard never for knew a his he, parents, goes, like
0: he, he goes a and baby. works
3: on a but, boat. He's like the longshoreman uh, of steel. I don't know. For Batman has been about about brooding and and uh, darkness for a while now. Superman has always been kind of more light for me, so it's it's weird to see this trying to be squeezed into that that round hole. If he's invulnerable, how can he shave that beard that he grows? He uses lasers.
0: Oh, kryptonite razors! Oh, he uses his own laser vision to shave. Dude, did you did you never? Yeah, do you never watch Lois and Clark? I did actually. He <laughs> has a little mirror and uses his laser vision to
2: heat vision.
1: So yeah, I, I think we can all agree that Superman is a pretty boring character. Uh, but the the thing about Superman is that he's always sure of himself, which is why I find this trailer so annoying because he's. Uh, you know, I was like, "Oh God, I'm all powerful. What should I do? Should I? I should. <laughs> I guess Kevin Costner's right. I should let kids die because that's should the right thing to do." Right?
4: Well, you'd rather? Ra- do you want him to be like? Uh, I mean, even in the original Superman movie, he's I, not.
1: I want to see Superman beating people up and flying around, shooting lasers
4: out of his eyes. I'm sure he'll do some of that, but isn't not it be, more being
1: indestructible? I don't want to see him handcuffed by soldiers. Hello, <laughs> unless <laughs> well, those handcuffs are made of kryptonite. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: They are. Don't you want to see him, like, you don't want to just see someone who's all-powerful fighting people all the time. You want to see him overcome something. Uh, Like, I mean, think about The Matrix. You don't see Neo be all-powerful until the end of the movie, and if he was just all-powerful in the beginning.
1: But Superman is always all-powerful. Superman is lame. You have to embrace the lameness because he's all-powerful, so he can beat up anybody.
0: I have to say, despite the fact that the last movie was not very good, the first ten minutes of it it are actually pretty great. Is that what the
4: the airplane yeah, so you think, think that. because I, like that, that, I mean,
0: I like that because I think it's a scene of yeah, you're all powerful, but it doesn't mean you can necessarily do right just just, anything. Like he's trying to stop the top of a plane from crashing. And it's like turns out that's really hard,
3: even if you can fly and you're really strong. Yeah, but he can fly backwards around the world and uh, change. Uh, oh, never has time back oh. a couple of days. <laughs> Terrible.
0: Every movie has its.
3: Problems. I I honestly don't have high hopes for this, but as long as there's no Margot Kidder internal monologue, I think it's probably my <laughs> of what's come before
2: yeah no i think it's i think there's something promising about it so you know one of the funny things is that uh and i I talked about this on the on the spider-man show with with dan and andy superhero costumes are ridiculous right and with like the x-men they tried to put them in the leather outfits and and uh batman sort of makes sense right because he really is kind of all about gadgetry so he has some armor
0: well, and he's just a dude too,
2: right? Right? He, right, he's just a guy. So, so the Man of Steel trailer, I really liked it, but there is that moment where you're looking at, at, at you know, he's from yes. another place, he has power. What will he do? What will he decide? And then there's a guy in a big billowing red cape. Well,
4: yeah, I heard you on that show, and I could not believe that you said that again. I'm not Andy is the comic book guy, and I'm not, but it's my understanding that that cape and that outfit are his clothes from Krypton. It's not like he decided to dress up like a crazy person in a cape. For all we know, for all we know, on Krypton, that's like a business suit or maybe that's like nike athletic wear (laughs) yeah it looks crazy to us but they're his alien clothes
3: they're not you know he uh... came he came to earth as an infant in those gigantic clothes
4: no, they were brought with him. Don't you remember? Like his parents packed clothes for him. He's like, your yeah, baby. You're going in this little crystal right. spaceship thing off to Earth, and we're going to pack some clothes for you. That's
0: like, oh, man. that's
4: formal you, attire and kryptonite. You really need a dress cape. For <laughs> yes, the good cape.
0: You should see his. You should see his kryptonite rattle. That oh, thing is awesome. We got to pack the good red, big, the new red. Cape. Right.
2: Not the, not the old Jor-el. <laughs> that old cape, no. I got a
0: new one down at the department store. Is
4: that not correct, comic book people? I mean there, I don't... It, there
0: are multiple there are multiple yeah. different versions of how the suit oh, ends up.
4: Th- that's what it seemed in, like in the original Superman. In the movie.
0: origin story I read as a kid, which was from like a pulp like trade paperback, um, it was there are his blankets from the shuttle and then and then Ma Kent sews them into,
4: into a stylish yes. cape.
0: Yes, like, exactly. Like, like Betsy Ross.
4: Yeah, but but either way, I don't think it's a choice. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna look like a big old clown. Like well, my I understand Superman I, has I'm always not, been. I'm not those talking are about the in-story
2: reasoning. I'm just saying that that you've got this uh, attempt to make it a little bit more of a take on his psychology. But in the end, he's Superman. He's gonna have a big billowy red cape, and you can't you can't get away from. I it. think I think he should. But what a
0: tonal shift that is. Well, they had a long talk I think before this movie about whether or not he would actually wear a cape. No, he's got to wear. You can't have Superman without a cape. Well, no, but I'm just saying. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that, but I think I think they spent a lot of time talking about it because this is sort of the Christopher Nolan influence take, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's got to be more realistic. Well, would you really wear a cape? seems like it gets cut in a lot of things. You know, you know? They, no they spent
4: well, the 90s putting capes on every single person with a machine gun and sunglasses in every movie. You think you're going to take the cape off? Those capes are awesome looking. Slow motion cape <laughs> fluttering. I mean, so they're just going to have dubs fly out in the background. I was
0: watching the wrong movies in the 90s, apparently. <laughs> I never
1: understood why he has an S on it. I mean, I know he's Superman, but if that is his alien clothes, why would there
2: be an That's S? It's
4: not on it? an S. They don't use Roman numerals. It's the alien sim-
2: symbol of his family or, or something. Oh, it's it's uh, some alien logo.
4: It just happens to look like our Earth S.
2: There's a lot of retcon going going on. My point is just that it's a big tonal shift, that, that it's difficult if you're a filmmaker and you want to bring some more realism to it because in the end you've got a guy wearing red boots and a big red billowy cape. Who can fly? Right,
0: because he was made in the 30s, and that was the you know like right like you're kind of stuck with that. Well, Spider Man
2: is the same way. They they try with that costume too, and it's I I think this
4: strikes a better balance than Spider Man because Spider Man when when it's too when it's too like red tights it it looks bad, Uh, and when it's completely black it looks bad. And so I really really enjoyed the the early
0: scenes in both the first Spider Man movie, the Sam Raimi one, and in the more recent one where he runs around in like. You know, like a, sweat, like a
2: sweatshirt, a yeah, hoodie. Sweat, sweatpants, yeah.
0: Like, I'm like, you know what? I, I would watch an entire movie with yeah. a guy walking around that costume because, like, he's not going to take the time to go to Home Ec and make a costume. Well, that
4: fits for Spider Man because that's his ca- Spider Man's character is more like he's just a kid and he doesn't know what he's doing. Superman is supposed to eventually embrace his, you know, who he really is. And he, and Superman comes with, like, his own kit of stuff from his home planet. Like he's got the whole Superman whatever starter that starter kit. He's got a yeah, wardrobe. He's got the big whatever that is his fortress of solitude and his little. he spaceship and stuff. He's got a, in he's it.
0: got a uh, comb to get that little like little, cow little like curl. In there. He's got DVDs really of Marlon good.
4: Brando. I mean, he's got everything in there.
0: Yeah, Superman hair gel is the best. Really <laughs> keeps it in place. It's got great hold. That spaceship was really equipped they didn't send him any food what were they thinking <laughs> yeah so anyway i still think this movie should, could be
4: terrible because notice they don't show you anything about the antagonist and the antagonist could be really really dumb oh they do and, yeah. they should i know, mean it's general zod brainiac. it's the joker again <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what it's uh Khan. Khan. it's Khan. i think he's Khan. <laughs> i think
1: so too I think okay that's what it if it was
0: superman fighting a dragon that's all i'm saying i would watch that too
3: anything mm-hmm. with dragons that much. actually would be a pretty cool reboot if they threw Superman into some sort of a like nah, he has it dinosaurs? would still be lame. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he would still be able to defeat dragons yeah. and whatnot.
4: Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, Superman. Where can you go? If once he's defeated his own self doubt and emotional insecurities, all you've got left is kryptonite, and so like everything has to be made of kryptonite.
3: Well, okay, so let's let's drop him into a a post nuclear uh, holocaust world, or or maybe where where a Huge volcano, super volcano has erupted, and it block uh, generally blocks yes. out the sun for most of uh, yeah most of the day.
2: Wouldn't he just fly away? Uh, by the way, the the uh, Jor- the uh, um, Jorrell DVDs are now Russell Crowe and not uh, Marlon Brando. Russell Crowe is the there? new Jorrell, so that'll be great. Oh. His fathers, his fathers are
3: Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner. At least I'll be able to understand what the hell he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm packing. I'm packing some long johns. Yeah. <laughs> and a cape and a dress cape for special occasions.
4: Oh, and uh, speaking of Jason's show with uh, with Andy, the other quibble I had was with Andy, but he's not on here, but Jason can go in his stead. Didn't Andy say on that show that, uh, you were talking about what was the disguise and what was the real outfit? And he said that, Superman's outfit with the S in the cape, that's his disguise, and Clark Kent is who he really well, he, is.
2: He's talking about who the, who the real, not not the outfit so much as who, the,
4: who real the real person, person.
2: is. Who right.
0: the real person right. That's the Kill Bill one. I
4: know, but do. Kill Bill does the reverse. Kill Bill says Clark Kent is his disguise, and when he's Superman, that's just wearing, again, like I said, wearing right. his street clothes yeah. from Krypton. But Andy said the reverse, and I wanted to know if there was some sort of comic book... Uh, justification for that interpretation he
2: corrected me i'm not sure i'm not sure about superman i'm on the fence about it batman very definitely bruce wayne is a put-on because he's this kind of millionaire jerk and that's right. not who he really he, is Because he's never
4: like that yeah yeah. Oh, no. 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 I, I. I. say that the Kill Bill interpretation is correct from my understanding of Superman, purely from the movies, that he's acting like Clark Kent. That that yeah. that's, he's not actually like yeah. that, and that he lets that down and shows what he's really like when he puts on when his jammies from Krypton and yeah. says, "This is actually me, and I'm not actually a bumbling idiot." whose exactly. Glasses keep that sliding down his nose. All those. of you,
2: step aside. Right. But there's no definitive. I mean, Smallville is right. Is the reverse right? Smallville is the story of the of the guy. But uh but generally, yeah, those those uh those famous movies from the, the late seventies and early eighties, yeah. Clark is a, a put on. He's this fake bumbling, you know, guy with glasses so that nobody knows that he's really Superman.
4: Well he looks strikingly similar, but the it's, glasses throw you.
2: Let's 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 go from Zack Snyder to uh Guillermo Del Toro. Who has a movie out in 2013 if we survive and if man is still alive um, called Pacific Rim? Which I had never even heard of this movie until I saw the trailer of it because my Twitter feed blew up with nerdy people going, Oh my god, you gotta watch this trailer! And it's, um, and then I realized why when I watched it because when I was a kid, there were these toys called Shogun Warriors, which were like big Japanese robots. And then, you know, you had your Godzilla toys and they were actually sold as a toy set, I think, in fact. And in watching the Pacific Rim trailer, I said to myself, this is a movie from somebody who had the exact same toys I did when I was a kid because it's a movie where big robots battle against giant
0: sp- Uh, sea lizards from space it it finally answers the question that all of us you know my friends and i all had when we were in high school watching a bunch of anime which is how come no one's made a good move like live action movie with giant robots
4: well this this is why they've never never made a good movie because it's not possible
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it seems unlikely so negative so negative. As
4: much as I love all the things in
0: this movie, and Guillermo, I, I watch Guillermo it del and I Toro
4: go, is a good director, I know I really like him. You know, and I have I have high hopes, but uh, like for first of all, you know, Dan, from watching all that anime, do you think these these mech designs stand up to the best mech designs from anime? Because I don't think oh, they do. God no,
2: looks kind of like the Master Chief,
4: doesn't it? no it looks like <laughs> i don't know what it looks like it's not
0: great. i mean really if you're gonna make a giant robot why even really make it in the shape of a person that seems really but like if you're right.
4: gonna make it in the shape of a person make it in the shape of a really cool, cool uh, samurai based, samurai super based. Super. Yeah, red base. cape
2: billowing red cape would be awesome
4: uh, well, look, the cast in this movie is crazy, though. It's got Jax from Sons of Anarchy. It's got Stringer Bell in yeah, it. Yeah. Dyselba. Uh,
0: Elba. He's awesome. I mean, it's got like, GLaDOS who, who for some reason. Thing? Yeah, it's yes. got
4: GLaDOS for some crazy reason with the exact same voice, which makes no sense. Same actress, same vocal effect.
0: Weird. That is very odd. I, I mean, it's clearly... The fact that it's done so clearly as an homage, like, it has to be... Like, I know that he hired her after... Valve must have licensed Portal. it
4: because that, like that have. effect, is you know, like Valve could sue them if they if this wasn't some sort of a handshake agreement at the
3: very least, because it's like trade dress. You know, you've got GLaDOS in this movie. I think we're seeing some uh, video game tie-ins, real, real obvious ones, coming soon. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But what what has to make sense? It's Shadow of the Colossus versus Voltron. I, why do you need? Sense? Well, it's
4: not. It's the, it's more like a, <laughs> you know sort of occult demons coming from. They're not. They're not space aliens. They're more like interdimensional portal yeah, right. hell mouth kind
3: of. But they're they're coming out of a rift in the sea, Godzilla like. I mean that's pretty much where Godzilla emerged. From. Yeah. Yeah. And the, this the robots are basically Ultraman. I mean. what— there's they're fighting. They're here. fighting the Cloverfield monster.
4: But but what's this movie about, though?
3: I did I did laugh at the at the
2: narration, the very serious narration at the beginning of this movie, which is you know I think intended ironically. But it's the, we'd the we thought the aliens would come from above, but instead they came from a rift in the sea.
0: <laughs> okay. Know. Damn it! We were looking in the
4: wrong direction. Like does that. Like that makes all the difference. If we had planned so thoroughly for it, we're looking in the wrong place. Uh, it's bizarre right and then and then they cut to the
0: and. but fortunately we have guys in uh, Uh. giant robot suits who can fight them you know just in case i'm really looking forward to them explaining why it takes two of them i mean and yeah have they
4: learned nothing it has to be angsty teenage boys it doesn't work with adults I'm just saying, eight-year-old me is very excited to see this movie. Sometimes that's all you need. Uh, like I, my problem is, like, what is this movie about? Aliens attack and we fight them off. Are they going to try to make personal stakes? But is there going to be a love interest? It's like there's no yes. plot. It's...
0: Look, have you seen Battleship?
4: <sighs> no i haven't I, I looked at this
2: and thought this is this is the thinking man's transformers <laughs> uh, which I,
4: I looked at this and i thought this is the slightly better property transformers because transformers are boring and this could be more interesting but yeah the same it's got the same problems I, do i care about any of these characters do i care if the earth gets destroyed
2: they don't even transform though and isn't there that there there was that movie last year that was like the the robots that fight each other and the guys who oh. control them Oh, the one with that? hugh jackman
4: yeah. real steel i, I saw a part of that yeah
2: yeah so this is sort of like we what if real steel was like really big and fought godzilla yeah i often I wonder well now you <laughs> will find out
4: i <laughs> i you. like jacks teller i like stringer bell i don't like these <laughs> mech designs so i'm i'm i don't think it is like the You're other movies that we've done so far i think i'll go see those in the theater this one already is on the netflix queue
2: <laughs> i want to move on to two uh fine movies that i really am starting to think of as one yeah,
0: there's a, after <laughs> I saw them back-to-back back as trailers at The Hobbit. <laughs> it was hilarious. After Oblivion, after
2: Oblivion, after Oblivion there's a Tom uh, Cruise plays a, uh, a guy who's... Uh, Oblivion, who,
4: not to be confused with... Oblivion. The, Oblivion. Oblivion. That
1: the, was Tom Cruise is Will Smith's son. I think his
4: <laughs> movies are going to be very different, though, don't you? And the trailer's the same, but the movies are going to be crazily different
3: uh probably but but definitely uh, yes in one uh tom cruise will mug and in the other one will smith will mug
4: T- tom cruise is a droid repairman Shyamalan <laughs> will have these long lingering shots that take forever and the other one will be like chop 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 it'll be totally different you know what Shyamalan movies are like they are not like Tom Cruise action movies in tone.
0: I think. I think the interesting thing about uh Will Will Smith and Tom Cruise is that they basically have such a similar you know uh, presence in terms of the box office, right? They're both these guys who it's like, well, you're kind of gonna watch them playing more or less themselves in whatever movie they're in. Um, because they're so big as movie stars now that I was just reading this thing about Tom Cruise the other day. was like, you know, figuratively you, speaking. <laughs> they, yes. They're clearly in size. They're a little bit different. Um, but it's, you know, they, they you're not expecting them to go in like playing a particularly compelling character. Really. You're going to watch Tom's Tom Cruise or Will Smith. You're about to say Tom Selleck <laughs> or Tom Selleck. I would. I think it's a little different. I mean, the mustache.
4: I think Will Smith is, is, does a better job of being a character. You're right, it is usually mostly Will Smith, but like... It's the same character. Oh, he does the
0: much better job of being a terrorist. Tom Cruise is there to play Tom Cruise. Yeah, like, right. it doesn't matter who the character is. They're all... Someone suggested, like, maybe just view his entire filmography from the last decade as he's basically Ethan Hunt undercover in the <laughs> situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I saw the uh, After Earth
4: trailer... I thought he reminded me of Will Smith from I Am Legend. That's the Will Smith that I thought was in this movie. Like, but, you Because know, right. I liked I Am Legend for the most part. I liked that it was slower paced,
0: that Will Smith like was thoughtful. I was really hoping for the Will Smith from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because <laughs> you want a little rapping. Smell you later, Earth! <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, but I read I read uh, something about After Earth in that Will Smith is killed very quickly in the movie. And it really focuses on Jaden Smith, which you would never yeah, guess. That was – I
4: guessed it from the trailer because that was my oh, yeah, fear. I'm like, this, all, this, this trailer seems up. to have a lot of this kid who I don't know anything about and not so much Will Smith.
0: Well, do, do, do you like Will Smith? Because it's his son. I know.
2: <laughs> no, that knowing that this is a, Sha- a Shyamalan movie, even though the trailer doesn't admit that – and in the trailer, there's like a scene where I I could swear that I'm seeing Will Smith get blown out of the spaceship, right? Well, yeah, obviously he lives is, past yep. that, mm-hmm. right? So so and then and then yeah, they land on the planet and all that, and I'm thinking, is this a ghost that only the kid can see? <laughs> is he a hologram? A hologram. A hologram. They, they
0: did that one already, Jason. which is like, well, <laughs> please state the nature of your medical emergency. I got to say, I'm really interested by the whole aspect of the not promoting the director, and I will say that because I was in a movie theater. When they showed... What was the terrible thing? He didn't even direct it. It was the one he produced. Um, the one that's like in the elevator. Devil Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, inside, yeah. Yeah. And they, they put up like produced by M. Night Shyamalan. And everyone booed, and yeah. I was in the theater where everybody booed. And I was like, I have never yep, seen that. I've seen that happen as well. I have never seen that happen to anybody else, like to any other director... In the history of me going to movies, yeah, fool me and once, I you know, fool me
4: seventeen yeah. times, and people start to get cranky. Yeah, like which he, is he interesting because making... I think
0: he's generally a very good director. He's he's made some some flawed movies, but I think I would still take him over a Michael Bay oh, or God, a yes. Brett Ratner. I mean, like he is a thoughtful director who makes no, choices. But, but
4: Michael Bay has has his core audience of of meatheads who just want to see stuff blow up. Like, but Shyamalan has like the sort of you know people who are. Uh, more interested in like slow pacing and the craft and suspense, but then when he did the same the thing over and over are again, are not
0: those people though? Like they're not. They're not like the, you know, like the. Well, they oh, all like yes. the Sixth so Sense. I like
4: right? earlier
0: movies better. You know,
4: <laughs> they're just everybody. No, but they all like the Sixth Sense, and then they said, "Okay, oh, I'm gonna go see another movie." Wow, this is like the Sixth Sense, but not as exciting. And then I go see another one. Wow, this is also like the Sixth Sense, but not as good. Like, isn't there? Too- it was too much sameness in every genre he did. He treated that same way, like his slow paced deliberate type thing. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, yeah, uh, totally sure. But I mean, like you could say the same thing about Hitchcock. <laughs> I mean, right? But
4: Hitchcock was much, much better. Hitchcock is
0: Hitchcock is better. There is no question about that I'm just saying that there are a lot of directors who tend to make the same movie over and over again or the same tonal type of movie but his
4: his style is very uh, off the beaten pack off the beaten path kind of like like Spielberg makes the same kind of like the way he directs his movies have that same feel to them but it's like a feel-good feel and Shyamalan's feel is like listen I know you might feel like you're getting bored but stay with me. And if he loses you for a second, you drift out of it. It's like a riskier style,
0: you know? But that, like, the, the fact that that got to such a point that it encouraged people to boo, like, that is not the reaction you have, like, with, their, oh, I'm bored by this movie. You, yeah, know, you it, don't boo it. Well, he got
4: hemmed in also by the twist thing, where it's like, all right, so the, the first movie had a twist, and you're never going to be retwisted. Like, he can't out-twist himself. And so, like, The Village had, was it a twist? Or, like, uh, it was not as not big a twist as The Sixth Sense, you know, like... And unbreakable cycle like, well, that wasn't barely even a twist 'cause the sudden get what's going on here. Like he got he typecast himself. I don't
2: I I don't agree with that uh I, characterization I of his of his arc because I, I think people hate him because of uh, maybe because of The Village, but really because of what happened after that with Lady in the Water, The Happening, and The Last Airbender. Oh, The Happening. I'd forgotten that. The is a Why did you movie? have to remind There's, me? That
0: is a terrible movie. Because <laughs> Signs
2: was a hit. Unbreakable was was disappointing after The Sixth Sense financially, but is his best movie. But Signs was terrible, too, though. But it's a great, Unbreakable
0: is a great movie. And
2: Signs was, yeah. a, Signs was successful. If he kept making movies like Signs, he would be like Michael Bay, because he would be <sighs> making movies that make lots of money.
0: I really liked Lady in the Water, honestly, and I think I, mm-hmm. part of that was I saw it way after it yeah. was like oh, I still, the hype I still was all over. Seen it and it. I saw it, that's actually a really good movie. Yeah. It has its problems. It definitely has some, yeah. and,
4: Isn't you know, it Paul Giamatti
3: really, in it. So your expectations had been set extremely low at that point. Well,
4: like, it's,
0: and it's because if you looked at if you looked at the, the, the trailers and the marketing they did for it, it's totally not the movie that they're marketing. Like that's the the thing that's very odd about it, is they're marketing very much as like horror suspensey you know like M Night Shyamalan movie and it's you know it's a fairy tale and I think if you look at it from a different perspective you know in terms of you know what they're promoting versus what the movie actually is it's a much better movie than they promoted it but I think everybody went into it expecting it to be you know an M Night Shyamalan movie and yeah it has that slow deliberate pacing and everything like that but it's not the movie that was advertised and I know All right, I'll, and I think I'll his add it to my Netflix queue. Or well, his right. relationship with the critics and everything. And, that, and that's the big that's, flaw in that yeah. movie, if anything, is that his he clearly felt maligned by the critics and decided to take it out on them in the movie, <laughs> literally. Yeah, really, and, really bad. And that was a mistake. Yeah. Like, cut that whole subplot, and that movie is actually one of his best movies. But yeah. Yeah. The, the reason I uh, boo and, and
4: complain about the Shyamalan stuff is because I really, really liked Unbreakable. And uh, that, really I, that was such a high. Like, it was like, one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen, period. And, you know, Sixth Sense was fine, whatever, not my cup of tea. But after Unbreakable, I thought, boy, like, uh, you know, Sixth Sense, popular hit, and now, like, Unbreakable. Like, wow, he's really, like, this guy's taking it to another level. And then it was just a series of disappointments following that. And I'm like, come on, man. Where is that guy who made Unbreakable? <laughs> he's
1: I, so they, they, M. Night Shyamalan lives around Philadelphia, and so he films a lot of things. Uh, that explains here. a lot, actually. It, well, that's true, and so uh, the happening. He was filming the happening in many locations in Philadelphia, and so I was. Uh, I live in downtown Philadelphia, and uh, there's a park near me called Rittenhouse Square. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, uh, they were filming there. It was one of their locations. And one day, I was walking to work, <laughs> and it was like uh, October. I'm guessing how uh, the story's gonna end. Or November. So I cut through Rittenhouse Square, and I thought it was odd because it was the fall. And there are a lot of people in, uh, standing Glenning? in the square. And, uh, no, I, I didn't actually meet anyone, oh. uh, who were, uh, season not dressed appropriately for the season. And there were people who were having picnics in the morning. And I thought, this is odd. Uh, and they were not, none of them were moving, which I also thought was odd. Uh, but I kept walking through and, uh, some guy ran up to me with a clipboard and he said, sir, you can't walk through here. And I was like, what do you mean? Uh, this is how I get to work. And he was like, oh, we're filming, uh, the happening. I was we're like, filming oh, a right. terrible movie, sir.
4: Just that you don't want to be in this movie.
1: <laughs> so that's my story. It's not a very good story, but I had to tell it because uh,
0: Glenn would have gone to lunch with him. I was hoping. I was hoping you were going to see. You know, a whole bunch of people like spontaneously kill jumping off <laughs> that
3: would have been extremely creepy. That's not that unusual in Philadelphia either. Or boo, or just booing
2: M Night Shyamalan. That's true. I did.
1: I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't even know what the happening was in oblivion
2: uh, tom cruise Wally is a, meets the matrix is a
0: drone repairman <laughs> meets, meets after earth
2: uh, but meets but when you. he uh, when he lands on the earth he apparently which is which is there nobody there's nobody on the earth it's abandoned which is why morgan freeman is
3: there with a or is a ...tribe abandoned. of oh people. Well, he's god so morpheus junior
4: i like the fact that they have the trench uh-huh. from uh, what do you call it from ai Apparently, in the, in the distant future, trenches are big on Earth.
2: <laughs> well, why not? They're, they're in. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's Tom Cruise. It's Ethan Hunt in the future, fixing drones. <laughs> fixing drones.
3: I'm not fond of any film that gives Tom Cruise the opportunity to be alone with the camera for like 30 minutes, because he chews through the landscape. That's probably where the trench came from. He probably ripped all, <laughs> that, all that scenery up with his teeth.
4: Well, they don't, like him. they don't like him to be next to other actors because he's so small. So it's like a forced perspective That's hobbit right. thing. So yes. they like him to just like, be isolated. And then they scaled down all the CG sets to make him look three-inch. You make
3: him look like he's six feet it's tall. It's tough doing action scenes on those six-inch platforms. Yeah.
2: yeah. This is the director of uh, Tron Legacy, Joseph Kaczynski, who direct- directed this. You know, it, it looks... It the trailer looks nice,
0: but mm. well, he's got a great I mean, Kozinski has a great eye. I mean, whatever else you say about Tron Legacy, it was a it was good, great. Looked, yeah. a really great looking movie and a great aesthetic and you know, I, I think I don't know, I'm willing to give him a shot. I, I you know Tom Cruise, yeah, he's not a great actor, but you also know it it's like it's like going to a foreign city and eating at a Burger King. It's like you know exactly what you're gonna get, right? It's not gonna be great, but you know, it's predictable. You have to give him some something to run around frantically about. Yes. That's all you need. I mean, I and I think that's if you know that's the target audience, and I think that's what they're going for. And Morgan
2: Freeman know. is trying to st- steal my drones.
4: But I, I hope it's a good story. <laughs> like, I mean, you don't know what the story is so much, but like, I hope it's not. That's where these things always fall down because we see these sci-fi movies, like, wouldn't that be cool? And we start fabricating what the stories could be in our head, and the real story ends up being dumb or illogical or both, and you're just like, uh And then you can't. I can't enjoy the. Like, the, it, one of the, I'm scrubbing through this trailer now. It says, you know, from the producers of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which for some reason I recently watched because everyone <laughs> kept saying it was... that
0: get booed? <laughs> yeah. Everyone kept That's saying it asking. was
4: it was good. And then I watched it and I'm like, this movie makes no sense. Why? Why does it make... The, there's no reason for it to make no sense. Like, you, when you're watching it, you go, there's so many ways this could make sense that you've deliberately chosen not to make it make sense and it kills the movie if you, because your brain keeps engaging and saying, no, well Well, why? Be because
3: things like Transformers are the baseline now. So... Rise of the Planet of the Apes makes ultimate yeah. sense but
4: Transformers made
3: more sense than Rise of the Planet of the Apes really at least in Transformers there was
4: bad ones and good ones and they fought each other in Rise of the Planet of the Apes it was nonsensical like oh, no I could not figure
2: out what Ugh. the
3: hell was going on in any given minute of Transformers no. any of those three films
2: I didn't even know what I was what I
0: was looking at but John consider that a warning label why
3: did you watch all three of those films Steve <laughs> I did not watch all of those three <laughs> okay, films thank god I saw, I saw the first five of... minutes
0: of the second one on a plane and, was, and really was just ready yeah, to you know, like, put yeah, my own when, eyes out
3: when you're praying for the plane to go down that's time to turn off the movie
0: <laughs> i hope we land so i can turn this off
3: i gotta say i think this movie actually as much as i don't like tom cruise munching through the scenery i i think it's actually looks sort of promising i can't tell what the hell it's about yeah, because
4: you because you thought of a cool you've caught you thought of at least two or three cool stories that could be the premise and... i did yes
3: although i'm i am like you i'm afraid it's going to fall into the same old tropes i mean it looks it looks like he's working for the wrong side you know? yes.
2: He's been lied to. He yeah, has been lied to.
4: And there's the good, there's the good, clean, white future world, and the dark, gritty That's other right. one.
1: Are, the white one is actually the seem. evil one, right? And you know, uh, shooting like undesirables
4: on tour. It has
3: and, potential. I'll say that, and I did not necessarily say that about some of these other films that we looked at here.
4: It seems like Earth is deserted, but really, no one wanted to be around Tom Cruise and said, "Everybody just hide. He'll yeah. go away."
1: Yeah, we'll pretend that we need these drone Drones. drones. If we
4: can't see him. He can't see us. And then he finds them. It's like, damn it, we were so close.
0: Now Wait, count he, to a hundred, and we'll hide again. Go He's back to your. He's even sitting drones. there with a
3: small, like a small uh, plant at one point, Wally-like. I mean, it's it's true. Yeah. Tom Cruise is Wally. It's and I like the the, the incredibly
4: well-lit, beautiful women in this in this trailer. Yeah. Right, like the woman in the white area, she's like right out of a feminine hygiene product ad.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's just in From the white the zone saying, oh. "That's Eve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Summer's, Summer's Eve." Eve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: They have amazing hair and makeup in the future. They do. Well, that,
2: it is the future. They're all clean and and happy and friendly, and have drones to be repaired and to Support. do their hair and makeup. Yeah. I watched the uh, I watched the Lone Ranger trailer last night. On somebody's recommendation, and uh, all you want to say, I I, yeah, this is it. Seems like a bad idea to me. It's from the people who brought you the symbol that represents Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, for those who can't read, it's like a oh, I recognize that that symbol. Uh, it's got uh, it's got two of two actors who I actually generally. I don't want to say I generally don't like them. I I would say really? two actors who Arnie are, Hammers, are like often them. are often horribly misused in certain ways in terms of like their makeup and the characters they get cast as, and it's all very Tim Burton-y in a way that I despise. And that's Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. And I saw that she was in this movie. And I'm like, oh great. And, you know Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter in a movie together. That's a that that's a bad sign. Army Hammer, you know he's he's a guy. He's he's there. He's present. <laughs> he's got an awesome name. But Johnny Depp is Johnny Depp is a white man playing an Indian and talking like Tonto head. from the fifties. Johnny the Lone Depp has Ranger. no race, Jason. It's and I just <laughs> I cannot I could not believe what I'm watching. It seems like five different kinds of bad.
4: Johnny Depp barely has a gender.
2: Well, that's true. If he was playing a woman, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But he's playing Tonto, and he says Kimosabi.
4: Yeah, I, I never I don't have much attachment to the Lone Ranger brand, and I'm not sure how many people who are still alive do. No. And, oh, no. And I'm not sure that they would go to see this movie anyway. No, it's like the Green Hornet or something. Oh, it's un- like, yeah, why yeah, like, is or, this
3: valuable intellectual you missed your, property? You missed
4: your chance. I think there was plenty of Lone Ranger properties back yeah. when it was popular. Now, well, maybe not the time.
3: And yet they remade Dark Shadows
0: for some reason. Here's all I want to know, which is is the is the team showing up the team that made the first Pirates of the Caribbean, movie, <laughs> or the team that made the next three? Because the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie is pretty good. Yeah. The next three are awful. It's pretty much the same people. I know it is, but somehow they got they got something right once. Right, that's my point. They made a good movie in there somewhere. They made a lot of bad movies, and that might outweigh that good movie. But it's possible they could make a good movie again. But the Lone Ranger
4: character is established, so they can't do. Too much with him. I don't know. Right. He, at, comes, have, he comes He comes back from
2: the bad. dead, but he has to wear a mask so they know that he it's like the Incredible Hulk. They must believe that he is dead even though he's actually alive and wears a mask and it seems like a bad idea. It just seems like a like I said, it's <laughs> lots of
3: bad it's like why do this? Why do dark shadows? I mean Oh, yeah. Well, ask <laughs> <yeah>, more <smart laughs> questions. Speaking Hollywood of... Hollywood is bereft of ideas and has been for two decades. Well,
4: hey, at least Dark Shadows had a built-in audience.
0: Well, you look back at Pirates of the Caribbean 2 or for the original one for example, and it's why did they make a movie out of a amusement park ride that's been around for 25 years? I mean, why does Hollywood do anything? <laughs> they see easy easy what money. they think is easy money, right? We don't have to, we've got this thing, it's got yeah, yeah, you might not know anything about the Lone Ranger, but you probably know who the Lone Ranger is, right? You, you mean, brand sure. recognition. Hi ho yeah, silver mean, away. Exactly. And that's all that's all that's all they need these days. Oh, it's it's name recognition anyway.
4: Right. Yeah.
0: Johnny Depp
2: is a sinister Indian
0: shaman guy who you resurrects he, sinister?
2: Re, he looks kind yeah. of sinister he's I, guess,
0: l- I don't know i didn't i yeah. guess i didn't get a sinister vibe from him. I don't know. I like there was a scene with a, with a horse with a hat on his head. That was, I, I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I'm easy. I'm Sold. easy. <laughs> wow. I
3: would, so there's a horse with a hat. You're going to love the acting, Mr. Ed, Ed acting movie. acting like a person. Yeah, I don't why, know. Why is Tonto now Rob Zombie? I don't really understand where they're going with that. Because they're trying to be culturally sensitive. If they're going to do this, they have to know where the pitfalls are, right? That's pretty obvious. Making a Lone Ranger in 2013 <laughs> is the first pitfall. That they ignored. <laughs> they seem to have failed to avoid that one though. But my point is if you're making that movie, you gotta
0: know, like, all right, we're having Johnny Depp dress up as Native American. I would think you would take the time to, you know, at least do some research. Maybe they didn't. In which case, I agree with Jason, that is a really bad
3: idea. Well, I think they're going the other way. They're going they're going with if we make him as completely unidentifiable with any sort of Native American tribe as possible then we're less likely to offend any, any specific tribe. Maybe
0: it will turn out, maybe the <laughs> twist in this movie is that he's actually just like, it's like Dances with Wolves, and he's just, he's just yeah, a white guy dressed actually, up. Actually, Tonto in Washington,
3: Washington. <laughs> he just has a weird name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they could be going for like the meta, so, you know, having it as a critique on the original Tonto, yeah, uh, Tonto because he's, he's... It's he's, like you know, Tropic Thunder. That was so culturally insensitive, so now they can... Exactly. Well, I guess we'll
3: find out. We won't, because I'm not seeing it then several months after it arrives in theaters we'll find out
0: oh this is one for the netflix streaming queue <laughs> oh man wait all right i'm putting my money down now it's going to be a blockbuster hit that's all i'm
3: saying although and i did feel the same be- way about pirates of the caribbean when yeah. it came out and was i was regretful later that i did not see it in theaters because it seemed like the kind of film that would have gone very well in a theater
0: it was genuinely a good
3: movie-going it was. experience. It's Very looking to me but...
2: like it's the exception that proves the rule, though. Given the other pirates movies, and given the you know haunted mansion with Eddie Murphy and <laughs> some other, and the you know, yeah, I, I think maybe
0: that was just an outlier.
2: Could be but wrong. Who knows?
0: This could be another outlier. Army, Army Hammer. He seems like a perfectly likeable. Ar- Army dude. Hammer's that you know. I I was impressed with him at the moment where I realized in the social network. That I actually knew that actor because I had seen him on a TV show, and he didn't have a twin, because <laughs> yes. I did not realize going into that movie that it was not two guys, like just one guy. You know, yeah, one guy. That's impressive. That's is, that's some good work there. So I'm I'm willing to give him a shot because I, I think hope they a, paid him. I twice. think he's a. I think he's a guy who's uh who's got a potential to be one of those. You know, I think he's a, he he could be a a headliner. He could be a star. He could be a star. He's got a future. All right,
1: he's got a future ahead of him as long as the.
0: Uh world doesn't end he possibly has two futures ahead of him i don't know it could be who knows
1: and the the director who directed the lone ranger also directed mouse hunt so (laughs) i think it'll be (laughs) good
2: gore verbinski Mm -hmm. yeah he's got a great body of work i wanted to mention at least briefly um and since john brought it up upstream color the trailer came out uh this is a weird title for what is probably a really weird movie um I find it relevant because it's the director of Primer, which is one of my all-time favorite time travel movies, which he made for 10 like 10,000 bucks. Um
4: isn't and, it perfect that the trailer for his movie would be just absolutely inscrutable? Like that's just perfect.
2: Of make. course, it it you watch it and it you cannot tell anything about what the hell it is uh and what it's about. It's a relationship drama. Um, or I it? guess, or is it? Because the the summary is a man and a woman are drawn together, entangled in the life cycle of an ageless organism. Yeah, that that summary
4: sounds perfectly fine. And then just goes off the rails at the very end. You're like, wait, what?
2: <laughs> Identity becomes an illusion as they struggle to assemble the loose fragments of wrecked lives.
4: The, it, it is a baffling trailer. There's two of them. There's two. There's two clips. Yeah, yeah. watch the two clips, and you you get the, You get definitely get the same feel. As primer, yeah, primer, depending on how you'd like to say it, yeah, uh, whatever. I think this movie has a very high chance of being a, a terrible train wreck. Uh, I but agree. I, I will watch it anyway. I'm
2: intrigued because Shane Carruth, who he made a movie that I really loved, and presumably he got a little
4: bit more money for this. It's, uh yeah.
2: you know, maybe twenty thousand. <laughs>
4: I don't, I don't know. He's I, been. I, I think that the three seconds of CG in, in the clip it cost more than his other movie. <laughs> almost certain. Well, I mean, he might have just you know rendered it himself. I mean, yeah.
2: if this is anything to go on, but uh, you know that movie uh, Primer was in 2004, so he's been uh, it's been a long time since he had his cult movie before he uh, has gotten another movie made. But he's got it, and it's in it at at uh, Sundance, I guess, and you know it's coming out in March. So if the world doesn't end, um, and I feel exactly the same way, John. I I, I fear that this guy is uh, he had the one thing. In him, and he made it. And a decade later, he comes back, and it's probably going to be horrendous. But that seems I'm, to be
3: a trend. Actually. I'm
4: fascinated. Yeah, isn't it? Well, but but you get it? you get the goodwill. Like you make a movie like like yeah. Primer, you get I'll go to see your next movie. Like yeah. no matter what. Right. Agree. After that, then we have to have a talk. You know, if things don't I go agree. well. But you that you know that's enough goodwill to get me
0: to see whatever he's going to. Is he going to be Shyamalan? Have,
2: have John? Have we talked? Have we talked about that movie much? Because I didn't know that you actually liked primer primer whatever I know it is.
4: I, I love it I I saw it okay. back uh, way back when
2: We should do an episode about that sometime and then we'll be more confused when we end than when we start because that's a <laughs> crazy movie um but yeah, upstream color. Watch the trailer, and then you'll be like, what? And Watch both of the trailers, because yeah. neither one uh, helps. No.
4: Well,
1: that's what I, I watched. The, I haven't seen Primer, so and I didn't even know who this was, so I had no idea what I was going to see. So I watched <laughs> the first trailer, and I was like, I don't understand what's going no. on. Clear, surely the second trailer will clear it up no. no. Scott, is there an
3: inscrutable and, book that we need to read before this comes out so we don't ruin it for ourselves? <laughs>
1: I understood the Cloud Atlas far more <laughs> than those
4: trailers. No, you should you should go rent or stream Primer if you can find it. it yeah. is, you you will like it, Scott. Yeah, just it's really you important. have to concentrate. You do not don't, don't look
2: away from the television. <laughs> don't read a book while you're watching the movie. Don't be afraid to <laughs> don't, rewind don't a little blink. bit in
4: the beginning when you go. Wait, what that just happened there? It's All good. I right, will yeah. edit to
2: my list of things to watch. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's that's our uh, that's our preview of 2013 in the movies. We'll see some of them. Some of them might actually even be
3: good. I'm kind of hoping, actually, the Mayans are right after this discussion. (laughs) Yeah, so
2: if the world does end, we won't need to see these movies. And if it doesn't end, I guess our punishment is that we do get to see them. Anyway, it looks like there'll be some good ones and some bad ones. Um, I'm looking forward to 2013 if it arrives and we all don't die or get exploded by the sun or something like that anyway, uh, let's think positive, so I'd like to thank my guests tonight uh, Dan Morin, John Syracusa Steve Lutz, Scott McNulty thank you all for being here and thanks to everybody out there for listening to The Incomparable, happy holidays and we'll see you next time